Hello and welcome to the Cafe Hustle podcast with me, Andy Jones. And today I'm talking to Andrew and Claire Bowen of the Cafe Success Hub. Now, they're also the authors of the book, The Daily Grind, and I'm pretty sure you're probably aware of that. If not, head over to wherever you can get your books from and see if you can get hold of a copy. It's really useful in terms of running a coffee shop, and I really, really dived into that when I first took over our business. So in terms of today's episode, we are talking about having the courage to raise your price prices in the in the light of costs increasing which has been unprecedented in the last six to twelve months but in today's episode we are talking about why it's so important that you have the courage to raise your prices we're also going to touch on some of the misconceptions in the industry and what are barriers to preventing you from increasing them but we're also going to touch on Andrew and Claire's best tips or strategies to be able to introduce new prices to lessen the effect on your customers so we're going to get into this episode after we get back from thanking our sponsors anyone who's ever removed themselves from the business know it's so important to have your systems in place more importantly than that is having those systems in an accessible and editable way if that's what you're looking for make sure you check out train it's a really powerful document management system that allows you to customize update and share your critical systems and checklists Head over to Trainual and enter the code Cafe Hustle for 10% off your first 12 months. Andrew and Claire, founders of the Cafe Success Hub and authors of The Daily Grind, thank you very much for joining me on the Cafe Hustle. Yeah, thank you very much yeah, for inviting lovely, us. Lovely to meet you at last, Andy. Yeah, no, I really appreciate your time. And, and we're going to be talking today about the, the costs are increasing and, and our cafe owners are now faced with having to increase prices and the difficulty that comes with that but first of all i want to really know about you guys and your mission and your purpose well i'll start um our mission is um to help independent coffee shops get the best possible start when they open up so that they become successful yeah and to um stop the making the mistakes that we made along the way really there's a lot of mistakes we make yes if you read if you read the book um and that was that was the purpose of the book really when we wrote the book was that was the thing just to it came, the book came about because we were um you know it's like you run a successful business we had thousands of people literally thousands of people asking us you know over the over the years you know how we did it and can i pick your brains and all that sort of stuff so we thought we we put it down mm. in writing um and that that that's the purpose us we just love working with you know coffee shop owners um, to help help them put them on the right path, really, and to sort of save them time and effort. It, it gives us such a thrill to yeah. see uh, independent succeed uh, and do really, really well. Yeah, we got the best job in the world, really. Yeah, we have. <laughs> yeah. And you've probably worked with I don't know how. Do you know how many people you've worked with around the world? Uh, a lot. Well, obviously, the book <laughs> sold you know um, many tens of thousands. I think it's probably up to fifty thousand copies now, um, and it's still sort of in the top ten. Um, on Amazon in the category all the time. So, it, you know, whether you count those people, I'm not sure. Um, we've personally worked with hundreds of um, cafes and coffee shops on a one-to-one basis um, as well, as, 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 as well as running courses. And it is nice to see these, these guys grow and open a second branch and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's lovely. It's like being parents. <laughs> <laughs> so just tell us a bit about what you do at the Cafe Success Hub. What is it? that you deliver for the people that you work with well we got we got two two arms really um we've we run a 
uh, a club called the Start Coffee Shop Club. So anybody can join that who is thinking it's a, it's a really low cost way of working with us because um, it's a monthly membership thing and you can you know you can dip in and out of it as you want but it's got all the content to our um london coffee shop boot camp we used to run before covid um and for us that's for startups and for established uh, coffee shops you know we typically work with people on a one-to-one basis um or in something we call coaching unlimited co- um which people can work with us for as long as as short as they want to really uh, minimum three months but we generally generally come People come to us after they've been running the cafe for a while, and they so they need need a fresh pair of eyes because everyone knows how to run a coffee shop. Um, you know, every customer there knows that you want a bigger portion of cake and you want cheaper prices, and it's as simple as that. And you'll you'll have customers for yeah, the and, ev- and every customer thinks you make a fortune. Yeah, because they, you, how much do you charge for that coffee? You certainly do. You, you make so it, it can be quite lonely, as you yeah. know, running running a coffee a, a cafe because everybody thinks you're the richest man in town. And actually, you know, what you're doing, you're providing a livelihood for all your team. Uh, so that's a lot of pressure. Um, you know, you're also... Looking after your own livelihood. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget that one. That's a really, really important one. Yeah. And, you know, providing a service to the community as well, which people value. So it's it's quite a lot of pressure there. Um, and you do feel quite on your own sometimes. So that's uh, that's what we try to help work with people to really sort of realise their value and um, uh, give them opportunities to improve their business and to um you know make the best out of what they've got sometimes you know they they the metrics aren't quite what they should be you know they, they've signed that lease that's not quite right or they're mm-hmm. not not quite in the right place um so so ideally we want to catch people before they make those mistakes yeah. so if we can catch Absolutely, them early yeah. while they're doing their research we can we can stop them making the mistakes that we made and and steer them to the, the right way so that they don't have the wrong metrics the wrong design the wrong yeah. everything um that's our that's our ideal goal but there's an awful lot of people out there who as we said think they know how to run a coffee shop and they they they, they think they do it and then they go ah uh, and that's our that, that's where we come in well i think the uh... yeah is there's so much that goes into yeah. it isn't there and like you say you, any not anyone but people who do start coffee shops can get it to a level but it, I think it takes then that outside input, like from likes of you guys, to to really take it to that level of being successful and allow the the owner at that stage maybe to step back or for a, you know to take the profits to a level where it can grow or to sustain, like you say, your livelihood yeah. as well as your teams. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, and it's it's quite quite daunting sometimes when there's so much going on in the everyday life all the daily pressures of team not turning up or machines breaking down or toilets clogging. And, you know, <coughs> we've been there, got the t-shirt, yeah. you know, yeah. I was a, a famous at unblocking toilets <laughs> and uh, repairing system valves and stuff like that. Mm. And even Claire can do that now. I can too. Yeah. One, sexist, one, I know, but no. That is very sexist. One, but, one, yeah, thing, but, one thing we learned as we, as um, Andrew um, broke his collarbone um, skiing and uh, it sort of made us stop and think, right, what are we going to do now? So I ended up doing my job and his job. Yeah. So I could do, toil- you know, replace systems and toilets. I, I mended all the CCTV. So it was a sexist remark yeah. because I can do that too. Yeah, I think fundamentally... That- it is. It's a part of being owners of coffee shops, certainly, especially early days. You have to be prepared to do everything, not only just from a leadership point of view, but just operationally to keep everything going. And this is another thing where some people come into the business and 
almost think we can get it up, get it going, and sit back and watch it work. And it's never so it's, quite it's, that it's reality, never is it? never quite that reality. But I also think it's very good for the owner to know how everything works. Because if you can, uh, if you're a barista, you know how the barista works and you can make your barista's job better and easier because you know how everything works. You know how the recipes work. You know how, you know, to, to do the cleaning um, cycle and all the rest of it. Uh, so it's really, really important that the owner stroke manager is not just managing. They know how to do every step along the way. Yeah. There's a bit of a pivot point as well. and we, It was a seminal moment for us when, when I did break my collarbone because we had three shops at the time and um, <clears throat> we were probably trying to do too much ourselves, you know, and um, that made us actually reevaluate our business. And actually, although we had six months of, well, I had six months of pain with me collarbone and I couldn't drive, I couldn't do anything, but we used that time really to invest in, we thought we had systems, but we hadn't, you know, just refreshing those systems and making sure that they were, you know, um, and, and, and coaching the team and, you know, we could, we had managers in the site, but ultimately they weren't managers. They were just um, working uh, with us. Um, so yeah, there was a pivotal moment in our business when we um, when I broke my collarbone, I think, because we thought we had systems in the business, um, but in reality um, they weren't, you know, embedded. Um, so we we used that time, that six months where I wasn't able to drive um, and couldn't do much. Um, to sort of sort those systems out. And also, you know, as well as we had managers in the sites, but they weren't really managers. They were just working for us as, you know, glorified, you know, helpers, team leaders, team yeah. leaders really. So we actually made them more accountable and, and coached them and spent time with them um, and gave them more authority to make decisions. And, and suddenly then our, our whole sort of business just, you know, got so much better and our life got so much better as well. But there is a pivot point, and you, you know you can't. Um, as you said, there are a lot of people out there who want to open a twenty-five seat coffee shop, and they uh, um, and then sort of retire to the Bahamas and um, let someone else run it for them. And that's very rare. You can get a twenty-five seat coffee shop to pay yourself, pay yourself a decent wage. That alone, and pay your manager, let alone manager. So, but there is a pivot point when you get, you know, we once you get to about five sites, um, then you know you should be able to generate enough income to start doing that but you've got to get to about five sites first really yeah it is and, and certainly from a leadership point of view having those systems in place supports all the staff as well as allowing you to be in it put you in a position where there's things that are happening on a day-to-day -day basis that you don't necessarily have to worry about in some cases certainly like even as simple as an open and closing checklist yeah. it's that process and that routine for your staff to go through and once they've got that to guide them can make a real difference yeah. so today we're talking about obviously the increase in costs which everyone who's listening to this will know will be experienced and it'll be happening to them but why is it important that whilst the costs costs are increasing that we need to be thinking about our prices going up as well because i know a lot of people are wary of doing that because of the, their customers and wondering how their customers react but why should we be now starting to increase those prices I think I think you said it earlier on that you know you you've got to earn enough money to pay your staff. You've got to give you're you're responsible for your staff's livelihoods and your own family livelihood. So you have to stay in business uh, and make money to be able to do that. Um, and I think we've got a perfect storm 
uh, brewing at yeah. the moment, haven't we? Yeah, it's, it's horrendous at the moment. So not only have we had all the increase in wages and minimum wage, mm-hmm. it's not a bad thing, don't get me wrong, but as an employer, you know, national insurance has gone up, pension contributions are going up, uh, you know, everything's going up to, to adapt the co- and the availability of staff as well is, mm-hmm. is, is pretty poor. So you've got to pay more to get people. So you, you, then the cost of ingredients is going through the roof, as we know. And, if, and then have you got energy costs? So one of our clients is, you know, doing four grand a week out of their shop. Their energy has gone from £100 a week to £400 a week. So, you know, that's a lot of sales. That's an extra thing. They've got to find £300 more profit on a sale of, on a sale of £4,000 a week. It's almost impossible to do. So, um, so, so uh, as coffee shop owners, um, you have to... Um, uh, Reevaluate everything that you do. You have to know your numbers. Um, you have to know uh, every ingredient. Follow the ingredients of your recipes and make sure you know the cost of everything in your your shop and and re look at it when your prices go up. Uh, that's a mistake that a lot of people um, forget. Um, so that you've got your cost of goods. You know your numbers. You know the cost of everything. You know what the margins are in every product. And um, uh, and keep reviewing that. So you have to um, keep on top of that to be able to charge the right amount to be able to be successful in in business. Yeah, that, that, I, th- I think that's a, a really important strategy. Probably the most important spreadsheet of anybody's um, business. That sort of ingredient cost. I I watched a um, one of your uh, great podcast a couple of weeks ago where a, a um, chap from America was doing was explaining how he works it all out. And we, we did a very similar exercise. We, that's something we do with, all, with our clients because you'd be amazed how many people don't know how much it costs to make things and how much, you know, and what the margin is. And they get confused between the margin and the markup. And, the, you know, it's all over the place. If you look on the internet or look at all these forums, you know, what, what should your markup be? And it's anything from double to double to times five or whatever. But, you know, so there's bad, lots of bad advice out there. Um, but using that, uh, using that spreadsheet, um, the costing spreadsheet combined with your sales off your till is really powerful. And we last only last week worked with a client who was able, and we were able to, you know, basically make them four grand a week just by tweaking some prices on their thing. It wasn't over a, a massive, massive price increase on everything, but just targeting those correct products and you know stopping some of the products that uh, you know are cannibalizing others but are, are at lower margin. So amazed how much of that is out there where you're selling two things one's hard to make and low margin and the other one's easy to make and high margin but you know and they both fill the same category they both fill the same need so why are you selling that one that's you know unless people unless it's a die for product you've got to have um often it's not they're too similar so yeah that's that's um that's important but fundamentally the um it's the biggest challenge we've all we've always had with with coffee shop owners is that being able to put their prices up you know this isn't a new phenomenon this is something that people for some reason are really really reluctant we're not we don't you know we talk we say to people you don't sell coffee that's not what you sell you're a coffee shop owner but that's that's not your business your business it's a very small part yeah. of your business obviously it's it's the bedrock of what you do but what you do you provide so many other things you know you're a community hub you're a place to meet you're a place to chill you're a place to work you're a friendly face you might be the only person that your customer sees in the day um so that you provide so much more than just selling coffee so you need to you know have uh, understand the value you give to your community and it's it's, it's not a price sensitive market no, true it's not 
and, and, and um, we speak to so many people who are worried about putting their prices up. But you can add value to your products. I mean, we speak to people all the time who say that, that we're organic, we um, local produce, you know, the best of this, the best of that. But they don't actually tell everybody mm. that. They don't uh, promote that. And they still want to charge less than the coffee shop down the road. It's a bog standard coffee shop that, you know, gets all their products and the ingredients cheaper. So I, I think you, you're right. It's it's making people feel better, but um, also helping the environment uh, and describing and the way you present um, your your produce um, on the plate, the sides of the plate, the, you know, all the little garnishes mm. to make that product better value in your customer's head. It's not the price, it's it's the experience and how they value that product. Yeah, that's a very... One of the things I, when I chat to people, it's, it's all about increasing that value proposition, isn't it? Like exactly like you said, it's not about, and this is where this issue where people say, and, and you touched on it before, Andrew, about, oh, just, yeah, 70% gross profit on everything. It, it misses out on that the reflection of that value to the point where people might be their, their profit, their gross profit margin overall is not enough because yeah. they haven't taken into account how much they sell of individual products. And, and coming back to, to what you said there, Claire, it's all about in using that menu and the descriptions to, to really sell that value and the menu item as it, as it, as you present it. Yeah, there's um, and the, I think one of the biggest learnings that we had um as a business was whenever we did a refit, um, our sales went up, and our customers were happier. Yes. And it's very easy at this at this moment where times are tough, to not you know repair that chair or to paint the floor or paint the ceiling or or whatever needs doing. You know the stuff in because coffee shops get hardware and tear you know with customers in there you know thousands of customers per week coming through opening and shutting doors scraping this and that you know, it's very easy to let the place look shabby and people will even the outside of the shop so you know what it's like people will make it we all make a make a value judgment on a wherever we're going to go whether it be a restaurant a shop or a garage based on what it looks like so you know immediately when you walk up to the ritz you're going to be paying you know 50 quid for a cream tea Yes. Uh, versus walking up to a greasy spoon, you might want to pay two quid for a bacon sandwich. So unless you get those things right first, that first impression right. Um, and people do make their first impression before they actually stand outside your uh, coffee shop. They make it online. Yeah. Um, looking at all the socials and everything yeah. else, they've made their mind up online before they get there. And, uh, and, uh, and coffee shop and cafe owners forget that. And they, they don't look at their website. They don't, you know, tweak things that will encourage people to come mm. to them. Yeah, we've spoken a lot fairly recently, actually, I've touched on it, about the digital presence that we have. And, and in today's age where we it's no longer a case of people looking at an advert in a newspaper, yes, it still happens, but the majority of people's, if they're making a choice of where to go, the first place they do it is online, on their smartphones. Yeah. And having your your branding and that that guest experience almost filters through to your your digital presence is so important nowadays because if you don't do it, you're going to be missing out on on capturing those customers. Oh yeah, without doubt, it's critical. And we did some research for a client, and 
and we've discovered that 55% of restaurants in uh, cafes in London didn't have a, their own website. You know, that was that was only two years ago. Yeah, and um, it was astounding, actually. We couldn't believe yeah. what, what we were looking at. That's um, a huge number, that. I know. Yeah. Again, you get this, you know, you get the internet gurus telling you, oh, you don't, websites are dead, you don't need your website, you know, just use social media. But you just, you become beholden then to the likes of Facebook and the, uh, and the, the meta, the meta algorithms that only show less than 5% of your organic content to um, your followers. So, you know, you're because, you know, people forget that Facebook or Meta, whatever it's called now, is is a is a business who are providing value to their shareholders. So they um And they make their money through advertising, advertising. paid advertising. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's what they want uh, yeah. us to do is to pay for advertising. And without a website, Google just scrape any old tosh off the internet and, you know, tell customers about it. So you might find a you know, an old article in the newspaper from five years ago or or a food hygiene complaint or something you just don't know, you know, from the previous owner because it's not it's not controlled. It's just completely random. Yeah, and you're right there. It's taken that control. Like, I certainly from a point of view of the businesses themselves, from a PR point of view, it's all about controlling the narrative, isn't it, As of any of your stories and your good news stories. And it's the same with, with that. It's having that website there. It's you're then dictating what your customers are seeing, how it's presented, the photos that they're seeing. It's not just purely, like you say, from Google, they're, they're pulling customer photos, which are great as well, but they're not always the standard that we expect as from a marketing point of view. Yeah. And, and you're in charge of putting yourself in front of the customers. It's not the customer's job to find you, it's you, you to say, hey, we're here. And, um, you know, put yourself in front of the customer to remind them how good you are yeah so that 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 image the better your image the better you you tell your story because every pretty much without without a fault i don't think we've met a coffee shop owner independent coffee shop owner hasn't got a fantastic story hasn't got a great ethos hasn't got a great drive to make their community better or to improve coffee knowledge or there's always something that's driving it but often it's not it's nowhere to be seen when you walk in the place, you've got to, you know, you've, you've talked to them, uh, we'll meet them and then we'll go to their place. And, well, actually, all this stuff, all this great stuff you're doing, you know, all this fantastic work we're doing in the local community, you know, the fact the cakes are made by from a special recipe from, you know, your Auntie Brenda and blah, 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 um, handed down through the generations, but you're not telling anybody. You're not telling people that story. And that's, it's a story that adds the value. And, and also getting your team around you to, to tell the same story, um, you know, rather than contradicting you, because that's really important that you're all on the same page and you're yeah. all saying the same thing. And, and people get hung up with the fact that, you know, costs are this price and Starbucks are that price. But, you know, when you actually get to the nub of it, you know, their d- desire is to is better. Their, what they offer is better than Costa because they make food on site, whereas Costa get everything in, you know, and, and, and you know, sat on the shelf plastic food you know pink food whereas you know the, the quality of the stuff that pe- our our clients produce is just far and away that and yet they're afraid sometimes it's a bit like the imposter syndrome i think he's just afraid yeah. of doing that and they need a leap of faith um and now this leap of faith you know they need to they need to they need to, they need to jump it's not a leap anymore it's not a little a little leap because of the cost pressures and Costa have put their prices up. If you want any support on this, you know, Costa have just put their prices up twice in seven months. Last week, they put it up another 30 pence for a large. So, you know, the cost of pro- the cost of 
of, uh, of of the standard price of a coffee now is um, completely small. It's like petrol, isn't it? It's going, it's going up as fast as petrol. So you just got to you just keep your prices in line, and you could easily you could lose a thousand pound a week in in net profit by being a bit slow by not putting those yeah. prices up, and that's you know fifty grand a year. You know, and, and the, I think as well is and we've the got beauty, to look at of, um, go on, of being sorry. a small sorry I interrupt you small independent is that you can do it you haven't got to go through layers and layers of management you can you can right I'm going to do this and it's done uh, and that's what um, a lot of small independents forget that, that you know that they can do things very very quickly yeah it is and and the reality is is if we aren't reacting quick enough and we have the way cost prices are going up at the minute it's is it's not a slow process this has happened very very quickly and yeah. if we delay yeah. the lag from a business point of view could put some people in trouble from a cash flow point okay. of view as well yeah and well, ca- cash flow is is a major major thing i mean one of my my things is uh, you've got to be in charge of your cash flow you've got to have a, a cash um Cash flow forecast. forecast. I used to hate. I used to hate yeah. the Fridays when we used to look at the fat cash flow forecast because I thought we were doing good, and then Claire was always doom and gloom, and it was just <laughs> we stopped doing it on a Friday because it's sport the weekend. So we used to start doing it on a Monday, Monday then. Yeah. Um, but it, you, it's the reality check. Yeah. You, you know, you think you're doing really well. The sales are going great, but the reality check is, yeah, you got you got, got, a, you got, you got a plan, and your rent and yeah. your electricity now and everything else. You've got a plan. Yeah, these things will bite you in the bum. And of course, you know, we had we had COVID where a lot of businesses, a lot of coffee shops actually did quite well during COVID because, um, you know, they, they went to takeaway only. Um, they had, you know, money from the government through the COVID grants. They had the furlough scheme, all those sort of things. And they were the only ones open on the high street. So a lot of, particularly in sort of, um, um, sort of, sort of dormitory towns or, you know, um, country towns, um, not so much in central London. The coffee shops we know did particularly well during. COVID. And I, I think it's it's the coffee shops that uh, pivoted a little bit. They mm. didn't. They 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 changed the way they did things. Yes, they went to takeaway only, but they they became the community hub where people could buy the bread and the the milk yeah. and and all, all all the things that they pivoted. But um, all that all that help has gone now. Mm. Um, COVID loans need to be paid back. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no support. Um, so they've come out, you know, they've probably lost, you know, if you, if you, you know, not don't, don't play in how bad it was because it was terrible. We all know that. And there's a lot of people in a lot of trouble. Um, but if you stop paying your rent, a lot of landlords now are looking for that back rent and all that sort of stuff. So as well as the pressures of prices, there's the, there's the hangover from COVID and there's no more help anymore from the government. Um, so, you know. It's all just come at a very, very difficult time. Everything, like you said before, it's a perfect storm. It's all, all in one. This this time frame, certainly this next six months, is yeah. going to be a real, really difficult time for, for the entire, not just hospitality for all industries, but certainly hospitality where it's not an easy way to make money in the first place, is it? And and we're now faced with pressures from both sides, yeah. both and. In, increasing costs like you say the staff costs have gone up national insurance has gone up it's it's all coming at, together and it's all squeezing a very very small percentage of profit in the first place so say someone's now decided right i'm going to have to do this going to have to increase my prices how would you suggest that they would approach that what are some of your strategies for increasing their prices well i think um the first thing as claire already said is to 
is to get your spreadsheet out, dust down your spreadsheet, first understand how much every single item on your menu costs to make, and then, uh, you know, quickly then work out what the margin is, and, you know, look at look at the whole thing, and then compare that against your daily sales, and that'll, that'll you know, give you a bit of an idea. Um, in terms of, you know, simplifying things, looking at your menu, um, you know, do you need to stop all those items? Uh, you know, do you need all those ingredients? Is there something you can do some swap out? I think the the, the watch out is that you you need to be really, uh, really uh, stay very very clear to your original vision. Now is not the time to suddenly start selling you know prepacked sandwiches you buy in if you've been mm. making these gorgeous homemade sourdough breads because that that will just go away from your brand and it will reduce you know customers will leave because they come to you because they like what you do they don't come to you because they want the sandwich you know a cheap old toasty yeah we, we, all, we always say that you know your your ethos that, that, that you know the whole thing about your business you have red lines and you don't cross those red lines so like we, we use organic da, 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 da. you don't cross that red that line uh, but there are ways of of sticking to your beliefs and sticking to um everything that you believe in but to become more profitable and um and analyze as you said look at the spreadsheet and analyze every ingredient and, the, and a lot of people make the mistake of not increasing in that spreadsheet the cost of the ingredients going up um you've got to be it's not just looking at it once mm. it's keep looking at it and keep keep tweaking the the, the cost price of everything as it goes up and talk to your suppliers and talk and talk to them. If you've been paying your bill on time, that, I mean, I know they're having a tough time, but they're there to support you. And if you go out of business, it's not going to do them any good. They want you doesn't to work for them either, does it? They want you to carry on paying them and having their, 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 their stock. So, you know, I think keeping the rapport and keeping speaking to everybody to make sure that you get the best price possible for the quality ingredients that sticks to your ethos so you don't go over those red lines. Yeah, I think there's not... Just in terms of the, you, you know, the your margin spreadsheet, how often would you be looking at your prices and, and what you're paying for individual ingredients? I, well, I, I, I'd look at... We, when we when we had our business, it was... I looked at every single month. Um, I did a new one every month. And I used to use it, really. Um, so whenever there was an increase in price you know, an ingredient price or something was happening in the business outside of our control, you know, price of bacon going up, you know, things have been going up for years, haven't they? but the milkman rings me up and tells me another five pence on a, on a bottle like they used to. And I just, so I, in my head or a bit of paper, I just work out, you know, how much is that going to cost the business per week? So if it's cost, if, if the price of milk goes up by five pence a bottle, or five, you know, and then how many bottles do I use? So that's going to be 200 pound a week. It's going to cost me more or, or month or whatever i would then go to my spreadsheet and i would say well how do i find 200 pound oh okay i'll just put the price of you know the toasties up or i'll put the price of the soup up or i'll put the price of the well, didn't necessarily need to be the price of the the drinks um but somewhere on that spreadsheet you can find that money i know it's you know it's a lot of it's it's, it's at the moment it's you need to find a lot but in reality every now's the a great time for you to put prices up because the pressure's off. Everyone's putting their prices up, and customers and customers understand we're we're all you know we're all consumers, and we all know what our gas bill is and what the price of petrol is and everything. So you know people expect your prices to go up. You're not a, you're not a charity, so you just got to have that, and you got to 
help your team as well understand that because sometimes they're the ones that are like, oh, well, you can't put the price up. They'll all they'll all be leaving. Um, you know, we had that when we years we ago we too. we reformulated our milkshakes and we took the milkshake to a, a five pounder milkshake, which back ten years ago was quite a lot for a milkshake. But I I was I wasn't comparing that with with the price of milkshakes we had in the past, which was about three quid. I was comparing it to the milkshake shack up the road that was selling the milkshake for seven quid. So I think if I can do something like that, I can get. But the staff, the team were like really, really worried for us. They thought we'd lose all our customers. They thought, oh, you can't do that with, you know, that's that's far too much. Um, in the end, guess what? Nobody cared. Uh, but because the milkshakes were great, um, we actually saw more of them. <laughs> and would you suggest looking now, given that, that prices are changing so quickly, would you do it more frequently than, than monthly? I would, yeah, I'd probably look at it. Well, I think monthly's enough, really, in truth, but I just keep an eye on it all the time. And the the, the, the easiest way of doing it is if you've got a tilt, an EPOS system that has got all that info in it. So, you know, a lot of reuse systems we recommend would have that back-end facility in it. So it's not a massive chore. So you upgrade, you up, you put the price of the, you know, if, you, if your ham goes up by 50p a kilo, you bang that in and all the all the ingredients, all the recipes change accordingly. So you've got that real life, real term thing. The issue is that obviously us, you know, coffee shop suppliers aren't renowned for ringing you up, telling you there's a price change. The first time you find out about it is your invoice. It's when you see the invoice come through a month after they delivered it to you. So you really need to be on those on those invoices all the time, every single week, and talk to your suppliers and say, listen, it's not acceptable. You need to at least send me a message, send me an email, uh, or ring me and apologise. Um, or tell me what's going on because I need to plan. You can't just put a ten percent, twenty percent price increase on me and not tell me. It's not you wouldn't have that anywhere else in the world. But it seems that some suppliers of coffee shop suppliers are quite happy to do that, and they'll sneak in through the back door. I think I think a lot of suppliers think they'll notice. Yeah. So that that you just. I think that is, but you're right, Claire. That, I think a lot of the times that is what happens yeah. because the operate the owner operator is usually so busy that then. To just oh yeah, sign that invoice off, and yeah. it isn't a case of them having the time to sit down yeah. to go through line by line each item, and it comes back then through to having the systems in place that will allow you the time to do this sort of thing, yeah. because it is it's it's becoming more and more important. Oh, it's critical. You know, the beauty of our of of, of, of where we are now with technology is that we we've as an independent business, small independent business, we've got this ability to have systems that are only available to multinationals 10 15 years ago with 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 everything online with the software as a system services you know your your epos system is more powerful than the one they had in you know a multinational retailer 10 years ago you know it's 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 that level of detail you've got and that ability and you we need to harness it sometimes well you know if you if you're still using uh, a, a payment provider for your epos you know like a stripe or a square that's not going to give you enough data. Um, it'll tell you how much you've taken, but it won't be able to, you know, put your ingredient prices in, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so now might be the time to um, invest in, you know, some good software. There's other systems out there. If you don't want to change the software, there's other systems out there you can get, um, software systems out there which you can which you can get, which you will do it all for you. But again, you, you end up with different platforms. That's why we say, you know, get your repos to do it and then you'd have to worry about five different spreadsheets or four different flipping things you know but make sure you it's all program. all in one place then isn't it yeah yeah program your your epos so that you get the right information out yeah 
yeah, it's there's no point putting garbage in, is there? And then no, no. You, you're not able to use. And like you say, Andrew, the they're so powerful now, and the, the data you can get from them in more or less real time, especially yeah. if everything's up to date, yeah. can really change how you look at the the business and how you can react even quicker than, like you say, Claire, we, we react quickly anyway as independents. But yeah. to have that data on a daily basis, so up to date and real time, we can react to the any issues as soon as you as soon as you identify them. Yeah, absolutely. That's just really. And it is hard. We know that because, you know, you're doing the day-to-day all the time and somebody phones in sick and you plan to do it. But you, you really have, you know, you're doing yourself an injustice by yes. by not spending that. And you're actually letting down your family and your team because, you know, you're, you, you can't give them a pay rise because you're struggling to pay your electric bill. So, actually, you know, it's your duty as, a, as, a, as an owner to do this, step up to the plate and do this stuff. Um, you know, you've got to make make sure that all the ducks are in line. There's no point in putting it. If, if your place is filthy or if you've got weeds hanging up by the front door or if, you know, if, the, if half the lights aren't working, don't it, yeah, your customers are going to be leaving anyway, but they're probably only coming to you because you're cheap anyway. Um, so the minute you put your prices up, they're probably going to leave or they, they'd leave anyway because, they're, you know, the place is, you know, it's, it's convenient and cheap rather than yeah. aspirational and, um, you know, a, a nice place to go. So, you know, you need to make your place a nice place to go as well and, you know, make sure that... What and you a see... nice place to, to work in. Yeah. Because you, you're thinking of yeah. your team. They, they don't want to work, you know, in something that's scruffy and dirty. You know, they want to be proud of where they work. Mm. And they want to want to come to work. And that all reflects, all of this reflects in, in the guest experience. Again, I know I've said it before, but when your team, they they know the purpose, they're, they're driving towards the same mission. Yeah. They're looking after, they see the standards are high, they maintain their standards, and it all reflects in, in the customer's experience. And then the value that they see in that whole experience will then come back around to to allowing you to charge more on yeah. on your menu. So if people are now, again, looking to go down this route but want to maybe have some support in doing that, how could they potentially work with, with you guys at the Cafe Success Hub? Um, well, just go to our website and send a little form in. If it, I think if you're a startup, then just go to startupacoffeeshop.com, and it's it's all there. Um, if you if you're an established coffee shop and you want some independent advice, we call it two brains, um, extra on your shoulder, one on either side, um, for a period of time. Then you know, drop us a line um, through the there's a, a form on Cafe Success Hub, or um, send me an email at andrewcafesuccesshub.com, um, and we'll have a chat. Um, see how we can work with you. I don't think we fail to improve profitability of anybody we work, we work with. And, um, and uh, we value the so fact far. that we pay for ourselves because, uh, you know, y- you pay us um, a fee for, to work with you and we, we make more than that for you. So, um, you know, it's, that's a really important thing for us. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, look us up online, you know, check our, check our socials. We don't, do as, we don't practice what we preach on our socials as much as we should really because... Uh, but you know, as a coffee, as coffee it's, it's hard work, isn't it, to keep on top of all these? And it's the same. Yeah. You know, it's it's there's so many different options as well yeah. now. It's but listen, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for hopefully this encourages people to to take that leap because it's no longer like you say, it's a leap of not a leap of faith. It's to survive in some cases, and that's the reality of the situation that some people are probably finding themselves in. So 
now is the time to do it. But listen, thank you so much again for coming on the Cafe Hustle, no, and I really appreciate it. No, and thank you for yeah. uh, putting this together. It's a great, uh, it's a great resource for coffee shop owners, and um, thank you for putting the effort in it. I know it's a lot of hard work doing this uh, these podcasts. So no, thanks a lot. And nice to meet you. Yeah. A massive thank you to Andrew and Claire for coming on and sharing their knowledge and their experience, and certainly around increasing our prices because it's so important. It's a really important thing that we do at the minute to keep ahead of the cost increases. But one of the main pointers I pull from this episode is that not only is it about the price of the product and the value that the customer sees in that product, the experience goes a long way. And I know we talk about this a lot on the Cafe Hustle about the customer experience as being the main purpose about what we do as an industry. We're all about providing experiences, whether you're in a hotel, a restaurant, a resort, or a coffee shop, it's all about customer experience. That is what people pay for. And it's no different in our small coffee shops, big coffee shops. People are looking for that experience and that connection and that community hub is what we give them. And that is your value proposition overhaul. So make sure you have a look from the customer's eyes, what it is that you're offering them, how the interaction is, how your teams are interacting with them and connecting with them as a customer. And use that as your basis for obviously charging what you should be for your products. Now, customers are expecting prices to increase so now could be the time to be doing it but it's all about not only increasing them but how can you add value to those products without increasing your cost that's the secret but anyway thank you again for joining me on the cafe hustle i really appreciate it if you're enjoying this podcast or if you think that someone else will benefit from it please share it please leave us a rating and a review as well on any of the podcast platforms because that, that feedback is really important to me as the host to make sure that we're delivering the right content, the right quality content. And if you've got any ideas of things that we should cover, drop me an email. I'd love to, to consider them and try and build an episode around them. So thank you again for joining me and I'll see you on the next episode of The Cafe Hustle.